everybody and welcome to Golf Only Better. This week we're looking at the Wells Fargo designated event on the PGA Tour. So much to discuss. And once again, in the company of Ben Coley and Dave Tyndall. Welcome to you both. Before we get on to Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow, world-class field once again. Let's just reflect on the last few weeks. Obviously, special week at Augusta National for the Masters. Ram slipping on that green jacket. Guys, it was a joy to watch. We, we're all fans of Ram and what he's achieved and also the way he goes about his business. I'm sure you'll agree with that as well. Let's, ben, let's come to you first of all. How impressive, how special was that week to see the world number one at his kind of absolute best. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Um, from a European perspective, but also from a Spanish perspective, more specifically, obviously, Seve's birthday on the Sunday. Dave and I were discussing afterwards whether, had we cottoned on to that, whether it would have influenced <laughs> our decision-making pre-tournament. And Dave and I being Dave and I, there's a chance it would have done. Um, I, I think I, from a betting perspective, I think I, I wouldn't be alone in feeling a little bit silly, a little bit like an opportunity miss because... When you think back, you've got McElroy arriving there with all that expectation and pressure. You've got Scheffler arriving as the defending champion, which has proven a, a real hurdle. Uh, and then the other member of the big three was John Rahm, who had had a really quiet preparation. And I think as Dave will tell you, it sort of knocked him out of certain calculations because he got ill during the the Arnold Palmer, wasn't it? And then um, out of the match play in round one. But uh, everything he'd done prior to that, it probably worked in his favour. But uh, above all else, just focus on the man himself. And I thought he spoke wonderfully afterwards. Um, it was a brilliant performance. I, he's, you know, two majors, how many he'll get, who, who can tell? Um, but uh, it certainly, almost certainly won't end at two. Um, and it's just, it's just great to see a player of that calibre. And from Europe, I mean, two of the best three players in the world. So roll on the Ryder Cup. Exactly right. David was fascinating. And Ben, you're right. The kind of, you know, he did kind of come under the radar. It was interesting. I spoke to him, I think it was, I can't remember Tuesday or Wednesday, obviously spoke to him in the past three. And he just had this kind of air of confidence and so relaxed. And sometimes you see a guy with that mental state that week and you just think, yeah, there's something different about you this particular week. And so it proved but how much do you read into that? The kind of the pressure and the expectation was kind of on other players, not necessarily him, because he had been a bit quiet heading into the year's first major. Yeah, I mean, clearly if McElroy had had no you know, baggage there, he wouldn't have missed the cut, would he? There's no reason why yeah. McElroy would ever, should ever miss the cut at Augusta, because it's a great course for him, but it's just in his head, isn't it? And clearly it was again. And Ram had no scar tissue, if you like, put it that way. Um, and yeah, what Ben was saying, I, I looked at my trends and... Ram scored maximum points in nine of the ten of them, um, but he he didn't. He was way down on form, which I was thinking mm. he's won three times this season. What was I doing? What I need to recalculate that a bit. But <laughs> it was kind of recent form, and he didn't play well in Florida. And you know, whether whether that was illness is a part of it, but yeah, it, it does seem daft now. You, you do sort of watch these majors, and at the end, you're thinking. Oh, that was one that got away and he had so much going for him and and a lot of it is mental isn't it with golf he had no he had no reason not to have any b bad memories of of Augusta National where McElroy clearly he's got mixed confused memories there so so Ram sort of had a free hit at it yeah just talking to Rory and obviously we're going to come on to him a lot more when we discuss Quail Hollow Ben, do you know, I was adamant that McElroy was going to win that Masters. I was so, I've never been more confident heading into the into an Augusta National that he would finally achieve that feat and achieve that career Grand Slam. Do you, do you have doubts now 
Are you still confident he will get it done? And do you have doubt that he will one day wear that green jacket? Um, I think you have to have doubt. So I think just the way we talk about it, and sometimes I, I, I sort of try and think, imagine being him, you know, imagine being him. Like, and and we, it's not wrong of us to talk about it. Like, you know, this is, this is why we love sport. He's, he's one of the greatest sportsmen uh, his country's ever produced. He's the best European golfer in 20 years. Like, it's right that we get excited and discuss, you know, the chance he has every April to to make history. Um, but it does it, it does surely harm his chances of doing it and that but i suppose that's what you if you're going to make history it's not meant to be easy is it it's it's going to be hard um and there are going to be things that that make it even harder than it would be um so of course there have to be doubts i mean someone said to me do you actually think augusta's a good course for him and it made me think twice because i've always sort of thought yes it is because you know he's he's long off the tee he's a great mid iron player and it was sort of put to me that it doesn't necessarily um work for him uh, and maybe that's something we need to reevaluate but then let's remember he was second the year before so mm. you know I, I don't know what the right formula will be I don't buy into this idea that he'll go there and win it when he's 45 when no one's paying attention because everyone yeah. will always be paying attention it's Rory McIlroy and he's one win away from the Grand Slam um, so no I suppose I'd, I'd, I've moved from expectation to hope but um, I'd, my, my bottom line with Rory is I still think we shouldn't forget how, how good he is so um, let's hope he does it Let's hope he does it. I, I was lucky enough, I don't like to mention it, but I'm going to. I was lucky enough to play Augusta on the Monday after. And my caddy, I, I know, <laughs> you, might, you might have seen it on social media. And I've got to be quite careful what I post on social media. But yeah, people may have seen that on social media. It was incredible. But anyway, my caddy for the day was, um, he was out um, with another group a couple of times when McElroy was up in practice um, playing. Because, you know, obviously it came out in the media, didn't it? That he played it a few times. And he'd shot the lights out and had like 19 putts and was playing brilliantly. He just said the kind of talk, you know, among the caddies and that couple of days at Augusta National was just how well he was playing. It was just ridiculous. He was just tearing it up. So I think there's kind of, for me, there's not really a doubt whether it's sort of his match fit with the golf course, but then mentally that just, do you see, I mean, how much harder does it get each and every year? And what does he now have to overcome in terms of that pressure and expectation if he is to get, this job done and, and achieve this lifelong goal of winning the market? I would say maybe there's an argument that it can't get any harder. Um, yeah. Maybe that's something he can, he can lean into that. Like he's, he's, you know, he was, everybody thought he would go really close this year. He was pretty much favorite. Um, like how much harder can it get? Um, mm. You know, John Rahm will be defending next year and that's a, a stumbling, but you know, in theory, maybe we can get Ram out of calculations in in a year's time, and and that might make things a little bit easier. But I I don't know how much harder it can get, but it's just really hard. Um, mm. And that being said, I do think like it might be as simple as he just somehow needs to stumble into a sixty six on day one. I think he mm. can cut. One, you hear golfers talk about this a lot. Like when when they start playing, it's sort of the the nerves and all that it goes away. They they can get into that little that little zone but um he just needs that fast start i think and i could really see him like overcoming the questions which he would still have to answer once he's got off to that good start um mm -hmm. but it's just that build up to thursday i so I, I don't know i mean i don't have the answers but um he'll keep trying that's for sure i mean yeah. i've written it in my piece this week like a lot of people like to cast rory as this hugely talented lazy and uh, unmotivated golfer and it's just 
I mean, you all know Sarah, you, you'll have spoken to him. It could not be further from the truth. Yeah. I mean, the things he's done to try and improve, the, the, he'll go to Brad Faxon, he's gone to Bob Rotella, he's tried all the, he's tried juggling. Um, you know, he's, he's done everything he can to try and get the formula right, and he will keep trying. Of course. Dave, what's your take on this? Because, you know, Ben's right, and I think that's the, that's the point, and he made that point. And I think he, in his, in his heart, felt like this was a wonderful opportunity because he felt the preparation couldn't have gone better, he was ready. But how does he overcome that mental hurdle, Dave? And do you think do you think he will? Do you think we will see him, or do you now have big doubt? I mean, there's two things with it, isn't there? That McElroy could play well enough to win a Masters, but now he's up against Rahm, mm. Scheffler, Spieth. They've all won there, so they they've got this extra sort of layer of confidence that he hasn't. So it's not just a question of can he play well. He could play out of his skin, shoot eighteen under. One of those could shoot nineteen under. So. He's up against a lot of peak golfers in you know in the peak of their careers. So, so I just think it's going to be difficult for him. It's, I mean, you never say never, but it, it does make me think: Do we should we always put him in as the favourite? Well, we don't do it, but should he be favourite? I know it's based on weight of money and people wanting him to win, but is he the favourite there? Should he be? Because the list of players who've now won there, who it was still in their pomp. It's just starting to grow, and Ram just adds another one to it. Okay, yeah, Ram, the defending champions that will probably come up in my trends next year. Might that might go against him? <laughs> but then, okay, it'll be Scheffler's turn. Then, so, so yeah. Again, I'm same as Ben. You hope so, but I'm not convinced. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Guys, let's move on. Obviously, Wells Fargo, Quail Hollow, love this event covered it numerous times on location with Sky. I think it's a, a quality field. You look at you're looking at the kind of the big hitters to, to potentially prosper. But what about the significance of this event as a designated event? Unfortunately we will be missing uh, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler with a designated event. They have the opportunity to sit one out. McElroy obviously we talked about that contention at the um Harbour Town, Hilton Head. He missed one having missed a century so we'll be fine as it relates to his um, his player impact programme. But Rahm and Scheffler sitting this one out. But Ben, what, what's the significance of another designated event, the quality golf course? And also, I guess for many people from Wells Fargo, are looking at trends and form as we build up to the USPGA. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's no substitute for winning, um, I would say. I mean, it, it was slightly different last year, I suppose, with the USPGA went to Justin Thomas, who hadn't won for a while. Matt Fitzpatrick won uh, the US Open. He'd not won for a while. Uh, but certainly the last two Masters champions have arrived there, having won in strong fields already that year. And this is the the latest chance for someone like McElroy to do it, because obviously he's not done it yet this year. He's won in Dubai, but not in the very strongest company. So whoever does win this week, I think it's a massive boost towards their prospects for the, for the PGA Championship. It's a different course for the PGA to this one, but with some similarities. Um, but above all else, I think it's just a really good step along the road in terms of timing. I think the heritage, yeah, that's a designated event, but 
it comes with a, an asterisk you know it's it's not a course for uh, for most of them and we saw some heritage special specialists dominating the finish but this is a real good test of where people are because a lot of golfers i mean you look at colin marikawa for instance where where is he we don't exactly know because mm, yeah. you know we, we've come out of the masters he's played in the zurich classic against uh, alongside max homer and not really done anything so it's really hard to get a gauge on on where he is so i would say for us as, as punters then it, it's a really good test of where players are heading in uh to the uspga which is of course just two weeks away now and as far as the course itself go, goes we know it's it's gone to rory mcelroy three times it's gone to jason day as well uh lucas glover and jonathan bird fought out the finish here when lucas glover won i mean he's another major champion so um I, it is a major like test isn't it you'll hear that said it, it hosted a major here six years ago and it'll host another i think in two more years so um yeah it's a proper test of exactly where we are right now in may Dave, for you, what is the challenge of, of Quail Hollow? What do, what do players need to do particularly well around here? Yeah, I've been looking at the, some of the stats. I did notice the last three winners at Quail Hollow in this event all finished in the top three for strokes game putting. Um, and that can be a tricky one because, you know, how do you know anyone's going to have a brilliant putting week? But it does suggest that you need to do that. Off the tee as well, that, that, if you look at last um, the last one here in 2021, um, all the leading players had good strokes gained off the tee figures. So I think you've got to be a good driver of the ball here. And the, the other little one I noticed is there's a lot of shots hit from 175 to 200 yards. Um, so that's another clue. So those, those who, who do well in that range, again, uh, that would be something to look for. It's a long old course, isn't it? 7,500 mm. yards. Um, you don't rule out. There's a few sort of shorter hitters pop up occasionally. But generally, if you give it a bit of a bash, I think that's going to help. And yeah, well, I say we, we have got quite a lot of course form, haven't we? We've got the President's Cup as well um, from 2022. So uh, yeah, plenty to go at. And I think um, I think I arrived at a similar conclusion to Ben in terms of which of the leading lights we liked. Go on then. You teed us up. Talk us through then, that. You, you throw it in. <laughs> Well, I'm guessing you're Victor Hovland, um, yes. which, you know, I think one of the interesting things about Hovland this week, and he's, he's my headline selection, um, he, he's he's got a really similar book of results to Rory McIlroy. Like, wherever Rory plays well, Victor Hovland seems mm. to play well. Uh, obviously, the Dubai Desert Classic would be the sort of most stark uh, representation of that, but we've got the Players' Championship, East Lake would be another, often tree-line golf courses, and and Hovland was third here behind McIlroy, two years ago his only start of the course so far he was brilliant at the weekend so he seemed to get better as the week went on um and i think it's a really good test for him and there, there was just one line he he said in one of his press conferences um he, he described it as driving range golf and i remember at the time that was picked up um by by some members of the media as a sort of um you know a slightly critical remark which Hovland was keen to stress he wasn't trying to be critical of an immaculate golf course but uh, he went on to say you just basically it's a test of hitting the center of the club face and um flippant though he may have been with that basically if you if you've got a test of just hitting good shot after good shot I think that's where Hovland stands out you know um i think it's partly why he enjoys bay hill which is another really long course with thick rough um we know his short games is weakness it it remains that but this probably be a course where he could get away with it I mean his short game was rubbish at Bay Hill and he still stood on the 16th fairway with a chance to win so um, I'd take that again this week and hopefully a better outcome Yeah phenomenal tee to green we've seen that week in week out Dave what about you in terms of incidentally sportsbook um, paying eight places 
uh, fit of the odds uh, for the Wales Fargo at Quail Hollow. Where ahead of the betting, first of all, Dave. Let's we'll get on to each way and we'll get, have a look at some outsiders. For you, though, head of the betting, where where are we looking? Yeah, obviously Hovland as well. Uh, just adding to what Ben said, I think there's some good correlating form between Quail Hollow and Riviera and Bay Hill. Ben, ben mentioned Bay Hill, and and you look at Hovland on those two tracks. Ben talked about Bay Hill, but at Riviera, Hovland's got a couple of top fives in his three visits there, so that seems to match up quite well. Um, Makarai's a standout, isn't it? And and whereas we, we've just been talking about the sort of demons he's got at Augusta, he's all got positive vibes here. And this was the event that he won from the cut line, wasn't it, in 2010? Um, and he's won it twice since. And it, I think, in Ben, you know that he'd gone off at a lot bigger odds. So it's clearly, he doesn't even have to be in great form to, to feel a bit special at this course. So... And the amount of short price winners we've had on the PGA Tour this season, so many fair. I mean, Ram's got four wins, Scheffler. There's just a lot mm. of times where you try and be clever and pick out a bigger price when it's sort of been staring at you. So anyone who wanted to back McElroy, to me, it looks a bit skinny. But by the end of Sunday, you could just look, well, that was a pretty easy seven to one shot. What was I thinking? So you've got to give him a massive chance. Be now shown he can rack up a few wins and quick succession once he gets going. And obviously one in Mexico last week, the only player who could uh, keep the bull that is John Rahm at bay, they like him. But Hovland for me, I suppose the other one would be Cameron Young. I think this test should suit him. Um, he's yet to win, which is just bizarre, isn't it? You think it's going to happen oh, yeah. at some point. But if you look at the history of this event, it's full of people who played well in majors or won majors. Well, Cameron Young is exactly that, isn't he? He plays well in so many majors. So maybe this is the step he needs to win and then he can go on and land one of the big ones. Yeah, we shall see. But it is quite hard to, to look past Rory at the, at the top of the bedding, given, given his love affair with this place and his form around Quail Hollow. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with the price. I, it's one of those, I think it's just kind of what I would have expected him to be. Um, and he was eight to one. He's he's been backed into about seven to one. And you can easily argue that he was about eight to one at Augusta, um, which, while not as big a field, did contain Ram Scheffler and was at Augusta. Um, so there's definitely loads of positives. He was eighteen to one when he won here two years ago, which is a great week to take a holiday if you were me. But there we are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's got every chance. The the one, I, the other sort of class act I'd I'd like to throw in and. Sorry if this brings anybody else out in a cold sweat. It certainly does me. But um, Justin Thomas, I think, is worth chancing here. Um, you know, he, he was rubbish in the Masters. And if I say he's going to win the Masters again next year, I'd like one of you to tell me off. Um, but um, I do quite like the idea that that will have really put some fire in his belly. And he played well at the Heritage. He putted well in the final round, which has been the only real problem this year. Um, and now he comes to the course where he won his first major. And, you know, he, he said he cut short his week off to get back on the range. I just like the idea that um, you you ask Sarah what this event sort of means and 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 what it does. I think maybe for Finau or even someone like Showfly, it might just be a stepping stone. I think for someone like Thomas, before his title defence in two weeks, he really needs to see something. And um, you know, that's alone is not enough to to improve certain aspects of his game. But around here, I was happy to to chance him anyway. Look, I wholeheartedly agree. And Thomas will win the Masters one day. He, I, you know, I just think he's, I think sometimes I think, you know, he gets in the way of it himself. And I think obviously the Masters, he had that ugly weather period, didn't he, where it, it, it kind of, it was brutal out on the golf course. And 
yeah, his chances just kind of slip by. But yeah, I think the victory here for the PGA, significant course he loves, but he needs to get the putter working. I mean, it's been so poor, hasn't it, this year? So poor. A day for you, JT, this week? No. Like the chances? No? Uh, I've not got the same JT love for man crush that, yeah. that Ben has because <laughs> the, the, the kind of bottom line um, with all these top players is how often do they win? He's won once in two and a bit years, Justin Thomas. You know, there's, I know he's Justin Thomas and it was a major, but to me, there's a lot of the better players who are winning far more regularly than that. So not for me. Um, I've gone for one a bit further down at a, a quite a big each way price. A recent winner, Taylor Moore. He's really jumped onto my uh, radar. His win um, came at the Valspar. Um, and they say the Copperhead course in Innisbrook, it, it's, it's in Florida, but they've, they've always said about that place that it's more like a Carolinas course um, in terms of its topography. It sort of goes up and down a little bit more, a bit more tree-lined. Uh, so I thought that could be a, a decent pointer for him. And then you look at his form actually in um, South Carolina, North Carolina, and... It's pretty good. He's got fifth in the Wyndham and then a third on the Corn Ferry in his last two. And then his stats, I, I mentioned before about putting and driving it well and that 175-yard to 200-yard um, approach. He's, he's the one when I went through them. He's, he showed up strongly in most of those. He's a really good putter. So I thought he was quite a big price. It's his course debut. That's why he's out at 66-1. to one. But a guy who's just won... Um, at the Valspar fairly recently, I think he can mm. have a free run at this. And, and I thought he did quite well at Augusta, to be honest. He, so his first major, he was 20th after round three, 39th in the end. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good um, pretty good marker for future Masters. And he's played quite well. Since, often you see players get a first win and then they kind of go back a little bit. But he's just kept on and playing well. He was fourth in that Zurich Classic Pairs event. So I just think he'll arrive here with lots of confidence on a course that, that should suit him quite well. Good shout. Ben, for you, who's caught your eye as far as the each-way market's concerned? Uh, there are two I really like. There are quite a few options, and, and perhaps we'll come to the exchange because I think I think you can definitely look at some massive prices on there because Rory's shaping the market, and you know you might want to trade out because uh, the big names keep winning, but there are definitely some, some options there. But in terms of each-way bets, I really like Davis Riley. Um, I kind of felt like the price had ignored the fact that he won the Zurich Classic. And I know I don't want to, you know, tell you that that is massively important form, but he did play really well. He was the better player in the in the partnership with Nick Hardy. Uh, he said afterwards that he, you know, had all the feeling of going after a win and that he really thinks it could be a, a stepping stone to bigger and better things. This time last year, he was red hot, one of the hottest golfers on the PGA Tour. He was 13th when contending for the US PGA. He was uh, second at the Valspar, could have won Colonial. Uh, all of his forms in this part of the US, he's from Mississippi, he loves Bermuda Greens. He's really good from 175 yards and, and further. As Dave pointed out, that's um, what you'll need to be this week. Um, and if if he has turned a corner after winning the Zurich, I, I think this is the sort of event he'll go really well in. And the other just slightly further up the betting, I think it's easy to underestimate how well Tommy Fleetwood's played lately. If you look at the mm -hmm. last three non-major or WGC, obviously we had the match play and the Masters, take those out um the players the valspar and the heritage he's in the top five with a round to go um and you know he didn't do a lot wrong in the valspar he could so easily have won that as dave said it, it might be a decent enough guide to this we know this is tough we know it's similar to a major well two top fives in majors last year could have won the us open a couple of times second at port rush um and he was 14th here in 2021 the last time they played it 
I, I don't think his form was anywhere near as as encouraging as it is now. So uh, Fleetwood at 50s and upwards in, in fields like this, on courses like this, always interests me. And I'm convinced he will win on the PGA Tour at some stage. Good stuff. Nobody's mentioned Max Homer yet. Uh, no. Given his record, given his record around Quail Hollow, and obviously the form in the Presidents Cup last year, what about Max's chances, Dave? Yeah, I just thought maybe, then I maybe playing in the Masters, and the people had expectations, and yeah, again he didn't do anything. You may be just getting him at the bottom of a little. He's not mm. sort of flying again. Maybe he'll he'll come again at some point. But yeah, obviously he won it at a different venue last year, but he has won here before. Um, when he was quite, people look at that and think, oh, that's just another win. He was a big outsider at the time. Um, so, yeah, he's got a chance. I've got one more uh, silly, well, not silly, but he's um, one big priced outsider. Um, and Ben might appreciate the kind of thinking on some of this. Um, KH Lee, um, why? <laughs> um, well, he's, he's a two time winner on the PGA Tour, so that, that's a start. But he played in the President's Cup here. And he won two points out of three. It was Tom Kim who got all the adulation and tension. But KH actually won two out of three matches. And he was just raving about the place. He's at, and in the, um, when he played here first time, he shot 66 on day one and was second after 18 holes. And, I, and I've actually, there is a precedent, a President's Cup precedent. There's a tongue twister. But I remember um, Hideki Matsuyama, they played the 2013 President's Cup at Muirfield Village, 2013. He had quite a good week. And then 2014, he won at Memorial on the same course. So it's a sort of similar fracking, uh, flow, isn't it, to it? So it could be that KH Lee goes back to the course where he had this amazing week. If you read some of his quotes, he's just so excited um, that he'll go back there, get all the positive vibes. And just, just to make it a little more, more kind of, you know, not, not too frilly, he did finish top 25 at the Masters. I mean, that's pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think he could run into a place. We've got eight each way places. He's 125 to one. I think if you're looking for someone down the market, he's the kind of guy who could just sneak in and maybe uh, get your each way money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as you said, um, eight places on the sports book. What about Bennett? What about some... Let's have a look at some big outsiders, obviously, that potentially could be worth a, a trade on the exchange. And just to remind our listeners, exchange the place for best value and in-place betting. Who's caught your eye from an outsider's perspective? I'll go and come to back to you for this, Dave, but Ben, first of all. Well, that, that case of KH Lee had me scrolling. He's 260 yeah. at the time, at the time yeah. we're chatting. So, um, yeah, and look, he's both of his wins in May, both of the times he beat, he beat Sam Burns in one and I think Justin Thomas in the other. So, he's you know, he's done it. Um, there are a few that were interesting. I think Emiliano Grio arrives with back-to-back top tens. Um, we know he's found it difficult to win at times. We've got a fabulous record at this golf course. Can he see a, a third week in a row with him being right there? Then, you know, 170 at the moment. I think Patrick Rogers, he was runner-up here to McElroy in 2015. He's another where you think, well, is he going to finally win on the PGA Tour in this kind of company? It's maybe a, a big ask, but he's 140. Um, and just another one um, I thought was interesting, I, you know, we all know what his problem is. It's with the putter, but Luke List has got a fabulous record here. Um, he putted badly and was ninth a couple of years ago. He, if you look at where he won last year at Torrey Pines, it's another big major championship golf course. Um, he drove the ball as well as anybody last week and, and putted terribly. And that's that's where we are with him um, at the moment. Um, 
he has putted well enough a couple of times this year, both on Bermuda Green. So there are reasons to be uh, reasonably optimistic or at least hopeful. And at 250, that's that's something I'd consider because um, he has got the game for it. You know, he's long off the tee. He's a brilliant iron player from long distance. So yeah, Luke List would be probably the one, but Griot and Rogers, I think, will be on a lot of radars given the, the form they've shown coming in. And actually Mexico last week, just to round off, that was another course that was long and had a lot of lengthy approach shots. So I wouldn't be mm. surprised if one or two players who went there well there carried that into this week. Good stuff. Dave, anyone else for you that's caught your eye? Obviously, KH Lee, great shout. Anyone else? Yeah, just two players who were, um, if you go to the exchanges, they're noticeably sort of attractive prices. Keegan Bradley and Keith Mitchell. Uh, Bradley, you'd think this course would really suit him. Um, sort of big hitter. And his putting has definitely improved in recent times, possibly though at the expense of his long game. It's, it's never, you never coordinate them both, can you? Um but if he strikes it as well as he can, his record here isn't great. I did look and think it would be better, but at least last time he played, he was 18th. That was his best knock, so maybe he's worked something out. And Keith Mitchell's got good course form here, um, and you think it's sort of his sort of test. So then um, Bradley is 95 and Mitchell 90 on the exchanges, and those two know how to win. So, yeah, they could be one, ones worth playing on the exchange. Good stuff. Can I throw a name out there? And you can tell me if I'm bonkers or not. Uh, Ricky Fowler. Yeah. His breakthrough victory coming here in 2012. Love the way he's kind of trending. And I think he'll have the feel good vibes heading back this week. What about Ricky for a little each way punt? He's definitely, him and Jason Day have been one of the really fun stories of the season for me. Like, correspondingly, they've both you know, become good again. And it and it's great. I like I like seeing any sportsman that, you know, yeah. loses something and, and then rediscovers it. It must be one of the hardest things to do. I I didn't mind his price. Yeah. He was on my short list at 33, 35 to one each way. Um he's not he's he's about 40, 42 on the exchanges. Um he's just played well pretty much every week for three or four months now. And there'd be a nice sort of um a, a nice place to come and put the icing on that cake, wouldn't it? The the way he won his first. I remember the shot he hit into 18 here to beat McElroy actually for his first win when everyone was saying, yeah. can he win a tournament? And he went out and did it in style. So yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't be putting you off. I, I just kind of, I just kind of think maybe he'll need a, a back nine in contention heavily before he gets it done. He's just, mm-hmm. for the price, I just thought there are others who are used to winning more recently. I just don't quite trust him. Yeah, I could trust him for maybe 63 holes, but maybe not 72. But in each way, but yeah. Let's hope for a, let's hope for a rain. A rain. <laughs> well, that, that would be trip, yeah. And Ben mentioned Jason Day. I've got Jason. I'm, I'm probably a, he's one of my other likes for this week as well. Obviously, former winner. But he let me down a bit at the Masters. I was so hopeful for Jay Day at the Masters. And then he had... Um, he, yeah, he had that bit of a shocker, didn't he? And, and fell away. Incidentally, just on that... When I had to speak, I don't know if you guys saw it, I had to speak to him. Which day was it? Was it Friday? It was Friday, wasn't it? He had his bad day, second round. I'd speak to him post-round and he was fuming and I can't believe he did the interview. And then the next day he came in and he apologised. He said, I'm just there. I'm so sorry for yesterday. And I'm like, it's fine. But, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, amazed he did it. But, yeah, I quite like JD again for this week. Okay, guys, nearly out of time. Just a quick summary then uh, from both of you. Ben, first of all, in terms of the pick for the winner, each way shout and an outsider. Yeah, I think every chance a really big name wins it and I'll split my money between Hovland and Thomas. Um, and then at bigger prices, uh, Davis Riley and Tommy Fleetwood. Like I said, Fleetwood's been in contention his last three PGA Tour starts and no reason that can't continue at the very least. 
good stuff, Dave. I know you're going, you're staying well clear of JT, but just uh, in summary reminders of your picks for this week. Yeah, I'm on aboard the Victor Hovland train with Ben, so definitely him at the top end. My each way kind of middle range one is Taylor Moore at 66s, and then my big outsider, uh, KH Lee at 125, and then maybe just have a look at Keith Mitchell and Keegan Bradley on the exchanges around sort of 1995. Fantastic. Good stuff, guys. As always, thank you very much indeed. Uh, remember, folks listening, please do gamble uh, responsibly. Enjoy uh, this week. It's a fantastic event on the PJ Tour. It's a designated event. We've got the world's best teeing it up. Unfortunately, uh, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler will be missing. It's the one they are opting uh, to sit out. But yeah, it should be a fantastic week at Quail Hollow. Enjoy. And we are back for the PJ Championship in a couple of weeks' time. Full preview ahead of the year's second major. Uh, but Dave, Ben, thank you very much. And for you listening, uh, thank you. We will see you soon.